So I want to talk today about one of the most powerful things we can do as Christians. A word so big that I can't do it justice in the time that we've got. It's something that has the potential to bring you to your knees and paralyze you, but it also has the potential to catapult you into everything that God has for you. I want to talk this morning about trust. It's safe to say that in the last two years of uncertainty, trust is something that we've all been challenged with. But Proverbs 3 verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. God's heart is to make your path straight. He's not a God of confusion. He's not a God of chaos. He's a God that wants to make your path straight. I don't know about you, but I cannot stand getting lost. My sense of direction is absolutely horrific. I need a sat-nav just to get to the shops and back. You know how most people know like all the major roads? So like when they're giving you directions, that'll be their reference point. So they'll, they'll say something like, you just jump on the M8 and take the cut off for the M74 and keep going until you reach the M6. You can't miss it, Kenny. And I'm like, can you take me for a flip? <laughs> so I absolutely, a sat-nav is something that I trust with all my heart. But here's the thing, even sometimes when I get lost, I question the sat-nav. You know when it tells you to turn right, but you know that the place that you're trying to get to is somewhere over there, and so it doesn't make any sense to you. So you end up ignoring the instruction and taking another turn. But what you didn't realise is that there's an accident up ahead, and now you're heading straight for it. How many times do we ask God for direction, then not trust the answer that he gives us? I want to begin this morning by asking you a simple question, a question that only you can answer. You can't Google it, you can't phone a friend, you can't research it, because it's a personal question. And only you can answer it. The question is this, how much do you trust God? Now you might be thinking, what a dumb question, Kenny. I'm sitting here in church, of course I trust him. But that's not the question. That's not what I asked. I didn't ask, do you trust God? I asked, how much do you trust God? Because this scripture is, isn't just telling us to trust God. It's giving us a measure of how much we should trust God. It doesn't say, trust him when times are hard. It doesn't say, trust him when there's no other option or when you're skint, sick, or unemployed, it says trust them with everything. And that's the reason only you can answer this question, because you are at the center of trust. No one else can control your measure of trust. God can't control how much you trust them, just as much as I can't control how much you trust me. I would love to think that my kids trust me, 
But all I can do is love them and care for them. I can provide for them and protect them. I can even tell them that I'll never leave them. But at the end of the day, only they can control how much they trust me. This scripture tells us if we trust God with all of our heart and acknowledge him in all our ways, he will make our path straight. But so often as Christians, I think we pick and choose when and where we want to trust God, then complain when we get stuck or lost. Maybe you trust him with your job, but you don't trust him with your health. Maybe you trust him with your gifts and talents, but you don't trust him with your money. Maybe you, you trust that he has an amazing plan for your kids, but you don't trust that he can see your potential. I think if we're honest, none of us can answer 100% yes to this question. Because trusting God with everything means trusting him beyond your understanding. It means trusting him beyond your ability to make any sense of it. But we hate that, don't we? The first thing when we don't, the first thing our ego does when we don't understand something is try and understand it. But that's not trust, that's control. And our pride loves to be in control. If all we ever do, church, is trust God within the constraints of our teeny weeny understanding, it means we trust ourselves more than we trust God. It means we trust our own judgment, our own direction, our own ability more than we trust God. It means that we trust our own thoughts, feelings, and emotions more than we trust the one who created us, which means ultimately we're in control. If there's any area in your life this morning that you are trying to control, that's the one area where you need to trust God. Because real trust, real trust can only exist outside of control. I want to look this morning at someone who didn't trust God and tried to control everything. He wanted so much control that he threatened to kill anyone who believed in God and throw them in prison. His name was Saul, who later on would become the Apostle Paul. But Saul was a Pharisee who, whose life had spiraled out of control. He hated the church, he hated God and everyone who believed in him. But God seen his potential. One day while he's on his way to hunt down more Christians, more believers, God brings him to his knees and he has an encounter with Jesus. Stay with me. I'm going to read a chunk of scripture here. And it's going to be on the screen. It's found in Acts 9 verse 1. Here we go. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the, the synagogues, synagogues in Damascus. So that if he found anyone who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you? Saul asked. I'm Jesus, who you are persecuting, he replied. 
Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men travelling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground but when he opened his eyes he couldn't see it. He could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias, yes Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus called Saul. Lord Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief, chief priests to arrest anyone who calls, your name, calls in your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. At once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen. The title of my message this morning is The Trust Gap. The Trust Gap. The Trust Gap is the, the space between faith and breakthrough. It's the gap between Saul and Paul, between murderer and missionary. It's the gap between building an ark and God sending rain for the first time. It's the gap between giving away your packed lunch and Jesus feeding 5,000. It's a gap between getting back in the boat and Jesus filling your nets. It's the gap between where you are right now and where God wants to send you. I don't know about you, but I hate the gap. Whether it's three minutes, three hours, or three years, the trust gap is usually the place where Kenny is most likely to step in and take control whether it's my impatience that tries to shorten the gap or my fear that tries to close the gap, whether it's my pride that tries to bridge the gap. I have lost count how many times my lack of trust has blocked what God is trying to do. There's no question that the gap between faith and breakthrough is the longest and loneliest and most painful road you could walk. But I don't think we can even start to imagine what waits on the other side if we allow ourselves to trust the gap. This passage tells us that Saul's gap lasted three days. For three days he was blind, hungry and thirsty. For three days he was in the dark with no food or water. And you might be thinking to yourself, that doesn't sound too bad, Kenny. I could cope with three days. But here's the thing about trust. Whenever you're in the middle of a trust gap, you have no idea how long it's going to last. 
You have you are out of control. You have no idea when it's going to end or what it's going to look like. The only guarantee you have when you trust God with everything is that he will make your path straight. And that's exactly what he did with Saul. After three days of nothing but trust, God leads him to a place of transformation called Straight Street. A place where his vision is restored, his heart is renewed, and his purpose released. I believe that's where God wants to take us this morning. A place where vision is restored, where hearts are renewed, and where purpose is released. He wants to take us to a place called Straight Street. The question is, how much are you going to trust him? I want to look at three people who Saul had to trust in order to be restored, renewed, and released. Are you ready? Number one, trust Jesus. The gap between hearing and believing. The world will tell you today that seeing is believing. But Jesus will tell us in John 20, the biggest reward goes to those who see nothing and still believe. How often do we quit in the gap because we can't see anything? We can't see change. We can't see growth. We can't see provision. If you are in the gap this morning and can't see anything, it's time to trust Jesus. Noah didn't wait for rain before he built an ark. Abraham didn't wait for a ram before he built an altar. And David didn't wait for approval before he slayed Goliath. Trusting God means moving beyond what you can see. Saul couldn't see a thing, but he heard God's voice. He heard God's voice. It says, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. He replied, now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. This is the moment where Jesus reveals himself to Saul. Not by his eyes, not by what he can see, but by what he can hear. He hears his voice. This instantly creates a gap. A gap between hearing and believing. Saul's got a decision here to make. Even though I can't see Jesus, will I trust his voice? Will I trust his words? Will I trust his instruction? I am Jesus, the one who you don't trust. Now stand up and go into the city. How often do we become so dependent on our own vision that we stop trusting God's voice? Notice the shift that happens here when Saul is blinded. All of a sudden, the voice that he has ignored and rejected his entire life becomes the only voice he can trust, the only voice that he can rely on, the only voice that he can depend on. No longer can he trust his own vision. He becomes 100% reliant on Jesus. Could it be that he's removed your vision this morning because he wants you to trust his voice? That's what I love about this, this story. It's all about trust. 
Saul's response here isn't a result of what he can see because he's still blind. He doesn't stand up because he's healed. It's not, a, it's not a response to what he's been promised. Jesus doesn't say, stand up, Saul. You're about to become the greatest apostle that ever lived. That's not what he says. That, that would be easy. Anybody can stand up when they know what's coming. God doesn't tell him any of that. He keeps him in the dark and he says, stand up, get up and go. Saul's response here is 100% based on who Jesus is, not what he can gain. Let's never make a response about what we can gain. Let's make a response purely about who Jesus is, regardless of what it looks like. Trust in Jesus needs to go beyond what we can gain for ourselves. If you feel blind this morning, God is asking you the question, will you trust me regardless of what it looks like? Let's never become so caught up in our own vision, church, that we only trust him because of what we can gain. Let's trust Jesus because of who he is and because of what he's already done. Amen. Number two is trust yourself. The gap between believing and obeying. This space between believing and obeying is huge. This is the gap where doubt, fear and insecurity tries to close. But unfortunately, church, this is a gap that we cannot avoid. It's not enough to say, I believe God's voice. Obedience has to stand up and move towards trust. You can't be pushed, you can't be pulled, you can't be dragged. Only you can step in to obedience. Jesus said, stand up and go to Straight Street. I don't know how many times I have talked myself out of this gap. Not because I don't trust God, but because I don't, didn't trust myself. I'll never forget the time that God woke me up in the middle of the night and told me to go into work and hand my notice in. It didn't make any sense to me because I was in a really good job at the time, so I instantly made a list of all the reasons why I shouldn't be obedient. It was a good salary. I didn't have any other options. I had been in the same industry for 16 years. I wasn't qualified for anything else. My CV was out of date. I had bills to pay. I had a family to feed. Again, it wasn't that I didn't trust God. I knew I had heard him clearly. But that wasn't enough. My trust had to move beyond from believing to obeying. So that's what I did. I drove to work completely blind. I had no idea what was going to happen. And at the end of the day... I handed my notice in. And the minute those words came out my mouth, God opened a door and gave me a better job. On the spot, Joshua 1 verse 9 says, Have I not commanded you? Be bold and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God will go with you wherever you go. Some of you are trying to trust God this morning but you don't trust yourself. 
You've heard them clearly. He's given you dreams and visions and prophetic words. But the gap between believing and obeying is getting bigger. Because you don't trust yourself. You don't feel qualified, worthy. You don't feel capable enough. You believe Jesus is who he says he is. You believe he died and rose again. You believe he can do miracles. You just don't believe that he can do it through you. Jesus said to Saul, stand up and go into the city. You will be told what you must do. Saul stood up from the ground. But when he stood up, he could see nothing. At some point, trust has to stand up. It's okay to fall to your knees. It's okay to be broken. Sometimes God needs to humble us and bring us to a place of surrender. But there comes a point where repentance needs to stand up. I can, I can pray, I trust you, Lord, on my knees all day long. But if I never stand back up, I don't truly trust I'm forgiven. Standing up is scary. Especially when you can't see away. Standing up means I'm not going to hide anymore. Standing up means I'm not ashamed of my past. It means I'm not scared of my future. You have no idea what God can do when you stand up and make yourself available. I was talking to Lucy the other day and she shared an amazing thought with me. And the thought was this, the eagles don't flap. Eagles don't flap, they soar. They soar. But because of their size and their sheer weight, they don't have the ability, they don't have the strength. They could not sustain flapping. They could not get to where they want to go by flapping. They soar. They don't have the strength to flap. But they have two wings. And there comes a point where they need to spread those wings and trust that the wind will carry them. And somebody needs to hear that today. You don't have the strength to do it. You can't make it happen. But if you spread your wings and trust that the Holy Spirit will carry you to a place that you could never get to in your own ability, that's trust. That's trust. When Saul stood up from the ground, he was losing control. Losing control. Some of you are trying to get to straight street on your knees. But that's why it's taken so long. That's why it's so painful. Because the devil wants to keep you down. But we are not called, we are not called to be hidden. We are called to stand up and be a light to a broken world. It's time to stand up, church. It's time to stand up to fear. It's time to stand up to guilt, shame, and lies. The devil will keep you on your knees, but God has a future waiting for you, church. Amen. Saul's healing, freedom, and destiny was released in the other side of trust. Let's not just believe God's voice. Let's stand up and move towards it with obedience. Amen. As Andy comes back to play, the last thing from this story 
that we need to trust. And I think this is huge. I think this is huge for the future of you personally. I think it's huge to the future of one church. It's trust others. The gap between pride and humility. Avoiding help from others can be the, one of the biggest gaps that you will ever face. Because ego, agenda, and lack of value will always try and fill this space. Admitting you don't know it all and accepting help from others can remove years and years and years of being stuck, delayed, or lost. It says, the men that were traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but they didn't see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. Listen to this. So they led him by the hand to Damascus. They led him by the hand into freedom. They led him by the hand into healing. They led him by the hand into his destiny. There are people who God has put around you who are absolutely crucial to your future. Can you imagine how long Saul would have stayed stuck if his pride refused to accept the help of others? Ecclesiastes 4 and 9 says, two are better than one. Because, if, because they have a good return for their label. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them. Trusting others is absolutely crucial to where God is leading you. As a church, we need to learn to trust one another. If there's no trust, there's no unity. If there's no unity, there's no blessing. Psalm 133 says, God commands the blessing where there's unity. Unity brings breakthrough. Unity brings healing. Unity brings provision. But unity cannot exist without trust. Saul's breakthrough came when he trusted the help of others. Are there people around you who are trying to help but you won't let them in? Are your insecurities pushing them away because you don't want to appear weak? Does your pride and ego think that you can do a better job on your own? What would it look like today if you let your guard down? If you let your guard down because you can trust God and you can trust yourself but if you don't trust the people who God has put around you you'll stay stuck. Even Jesus didn't go alone. Even Jesus trusted 12 misfits. 12 unqualified nobodies who questioned and doubted him. He trusted 12 unequipped know-alls who fell asleep on him. 
but he still trusted them. He trusted Peter, even though he knew he would deny him. He trusted Judas, even though he knew he would betray him. The devil wants to remind you every day of the people who have let you down, of the people who have hurt you and turned their back on you. Because he wants you to go alone. He wants, to th- he wants you to think that you can't trust anyone. Don't allow past hurts to build a wall of distrust. Don't allow disappointment to build up resentment and bitterness. Saul's breakthrough was only possible when he was humble enough to put his hands up and say, I can't do this alone. I can't do this alone. I need help. I need people around me who I can trust. That's why church is so important, guys. We are one body. Whenever one of us hurts, everybody hurts. That's why community and family and brothers and sisters in Christ is absolutely crucial in our journey. Because breakthrough comes when we stand together. Listen to this. Listen to this. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and he was baptised. I believe incredible things are about to happen one church. When we fully allow ourselves to trust, to allow trust to fill the gap. When we trust Jesus beyond our understanding, when we trust ourselves beyond our insecurities, when we trust one another beyond our pride and ego, vision will be restored, hearts will be renewed, and purpose will be released. Let's stand and sing. Lord, we thank you for your promise this morning that we can trust fall into you with boldness and courage and know that you will carry us. Lord, we spread our wings this morning. We step off that cliff and we ask Holy Spirit that you will carry us. Lord, forgive us when we've not trusted, when we've tried to do it in our own strength, when we've flapped Lord, today we stand up from our knees because we know we are forgiven. We know that we are chosen. We know that we are a child of God. And we respond to you, Jesus, not because of what we will gain, but because of who you are and what you've already done. Lord, we ask that trust will fill the gap today and find us wherever we are in our journey. In Jesus' name, amen.
Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen in. We pray this message has been an encouragement wherever it finds you. If you have found it helpful, why not share it with someone or leave a comment? To find out more and stay connected, you can follow us at One Church Scotland through our Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. Take care and have a great week.